Hello and welcome to another episode of the sports podcast that leaves the questions down to chance. In my hand, I have a pack of cards on an each of them a question and just five cards from this unique deck will form the basis of my chat with a famous sporting name. This is 52, sponsored by Grosvenor Casinos, the UK's largest operator with 52 venues nationwide and online at grosvenorcasinos.com. So let's get under starters orders and in 52 seconds introduce this episode's special guest. This cricketer captain England in 52 tests, winning a national record 26 of them. And two in particular saw his country win the Ashes for the first time since Whitney Houston was number one with a want to dance with somebody. And on that subject, he did. Not very well, but he did. On Strictly Come Dancing. But back to important things. In 2002, he scored 900 runs in seven tests, which is ridiculous. Then he followed it up by becoming the first visiting batsman for 32 years to score over 600 runs in a test match series in Australia. To be fair, there were also times as captain of England where his runs dried up like someone who'd just taken loads of emotion. He loves red wine, he loves Sheffield Wednesday, and hopefully he'll love the experience of 52. Today's guest is the one and only Michael Vaughan. Uh, I got to week nine, actually. <laughs> I thought I'd just take that to your attention. Oh, strictly? Yeah. I said, I'm just going to recap, in your intro, I paid you the insult of... There were times as England captain where his runs dried up like someone who'd just taken loads of Imodium and you went <laughs> straight for, to the dancing. I actually did all right and strictly come dancing. <laughs> who gives a damn about the cricket? <laughs> <laughs> right, are you familiar? This is like, it's not first episode now. Are, are you familiar? Because no doubt you subscribe to how this works. Yes. Okay, let's shuffle up. Do I pick the card? Well, you obviously don't know how it works then no. if you're asking that question. Sure. You will be picking... Give it a good shuffle. You want another shuffle? Yeah, one more like, shuffle. Right, so that's the level of trust that's, we're at. That's it. Yep, I like my poker. There you go. You mentioned well. red wine. I like white wine as well. And you. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, you like your poker, so you'll understand this bit. Five cards will come out in the middle. Yep. And of that five-card hand, if you get a pair or more, Grosvenor Casinos will donate £1,000 to the Carers Trust. Oh, great. So an added little bonus for us. Pick a card, any card, Michael Vaughan, to begin this odyssey. First of all, what is the card? It's uh, nine of uh, spades. Nine of spades. And what is your first question? What one thing about you would people think is weird? Well, I can think of ten things straight away for Michael Vaughn. <laughs> what one thing about you would people think are weird? Weird. Um, don't know. I mean, go on, give me one weird thing about yourself. Oh, my God. How many? But this interview isn't about me. I want one. Well, well hold on. You're trying to... i got to answer the question. Just give me one. Oh, uh, I mean... Apart from that sweater you're wearing. I mean... <laughs> I, I, what, what do you want to know? I, would you, I, I, I all the time walking down the street have races in my head. I need to get to that lamppost before the next three cars pass me that are red and I will sprint. Is that right? Yes. I have conversations with myself when I'm on my own. Let me give you an example. I'm going up the M6. I was going up to Liverpool for football. And there was something going on at the time where I'd been a bit of turmoil in my life. And I was talking it out and I was having the argument with myself. And I could feel like a presence in the lane next to me. And I looked over and James Corden was driving past in a chauffeur-driven car, right? I was in a Mini and he went like this, you all right? At like 60, 70 mile an hour. And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. That was the last time I ever saw him. I thought you were going to mention karaoke yeah. then. Weirdness uh, is my Weird, memory. I would say, um, driving in my car, when you turn the volume up, yeah. It has to be on an even number. Right. Uh, and when I buy things, I'm very similar with that. So if I'm buying a drink, I can't just buy one. 
that's more alcoholism. No, I um, guess. Right. Shop weird. So if I go to the local wine shop or drinks, I have to get to it. I don't like anything that's just an odd number. Volume of the TV? Uh, exactly the same. Always. So on the phone, you know, when you turn the volume up on your phone, you can see I always put it on an even. I can't have an odd. So when you were opening up the batting, did you see yourself as two? Two go out? Yeah, I was so always number two. So would you maybe walk out second if you could? Yeah, always. But then I ended up batting number three. It confused the fucking life out of me. Oh, wow. Yeah, so everything has to be an even. Right, okay. Yeah, it, it's... Uh, Particularly with that volume, and I've had stages in the car when I've been sat at the back, and my wife would be driving, and there'd be someone else in the front, and I could see that it's on odd. Yeah. And I'm like, y- y- you've got to turn it up. And I'd like, then jump through to the front and go, oh, there you go, it's back on an even. Wow. I don't know if that's weird. I think it's just quite normal. I think there's a fine line between weird and annoying. <laughs> yeah, I think so that's kind probably of right. Yeah. It kind of works. <laughs> um, okay, here we go then. Are you, um, I was actually just trying to think. Your best year was an even year, 2002. Yeah. yeah. For runs, but 2005 was the ashes. No, that was other people. Though. So yeah, that was other people. That so that's me. okay. <laughs> right, you ready? The next card will be picked through a simple riffle. Michael Vaughan, say stop. Stop. Oh my goodness, it's happened again. It's happened again. When we wrote the cards, we knew there was two or three were intensely personal. Yeah. Chris Waddle has already answered this, and now you will answer it too. One night with who? Oh, it's easy. <laughs> easy. Absolutely easy. Yeah, uh, Kylie Minogue. Oh, my goodness. Without any question. Posters on the wall, you name it. Mate, what, how old are you? Uh, uh, 45. Right, I'm 43. Let's bond, Michael yeah. Vaughan. Are you the same? Let's bond. So obsessed with her. Did you used to tape Top of the Pops when she was on it? Yeah. Right, so I did that, the VHS. Je ne sais pas pourquoi. Um, you know, we're not just talking about I Should Be So Lucky here. We're talking about every single song that she ever released early on. Uh, uh, Jason Donovan, it got to the stage actually back in the 80s where I went to the hairdressers and said, I want a Jason Donovan right. cut. I went the other way. I formed a hatred of him. Because <laughs> you know, he got so close to I wanted to the cut because I yeah. felt that I might one day meet her. Yeah. And she'll go, Jason Donovan. And I just take over the mantle. Uh, I met her a few years ago. Oh my goodness, let's have it. Yeah, I met her through Shane Warne. So Shane Warne, Australian cricket legend in Melbourne. He's very friendly with the Minogue family. Yes. And he had a party at his house. And who turned up? Kylie. <sighs> but then Danny walked through the door and I thought, oh, just a little bit better. Well, I think this is, <laughs> I am almost annoyed at you. It's yes. getting, so, so did you talk to Kylie? Yeah. Did you? Yeah, what, what did you tell her? You had posters up? Or yes, did you I did. No, 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 straight away. Straight right. away, Kylie used to have the poster. Of you in that nice white dress on my wall for many, many years. I had that. The frizzy hair. Oh, yeah. Frizzy hair. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Exactly I had the... the and and it, like, this is what you're like. When you're young, you're adolescent, and your hormones go, and you start thinking, oh, wow, this is what women are about. Um, you obviously start fancying your first woman, and she was right there for me. There was a top that she wore with the side cut out on the I Should Be So Lucky. I had that poster yeah. as well. But there was a, a Sunday magazine printed this like arty thing with her and there was a picture of her with like where she was topless and I hid that in my pillow for like a year and I think back to it and I'm like, my mum must have known it was there, I right? I had she that. changed the pillowcase. Yeah. I think I had that inside my, you know, the book covers used to have to put no way. Of, yeah, yeah, inside the back page uh, so the teachers couldn't really see. Because on the back, obviously, and on the front, the teachers could actually see because they'd have a little bit of an assessment of what was happening. Yeah. Just snuck it inside the back uh, cover. I still love her. By the way, you mentioned Chris Waller. If I had to sleep with someone else, it'd be him. <laughs> 
No, he'd be too critical. <laughs> he probably he would, would be yeah. way too critical, wouldn't he? He's Think of greatest. the level of performance you'd have to reach for him to give you any credit Chris whatsoever. Chris Waddle played of, of yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, and then he ended up playing on a Sunday morning team for the Devonshire Arms in Door Village. That was my pub, and we used to play on a Sunday morning. So Chris Waddle was part of our Sunday morning team. He used to just take the piss. And actually, when he was uh, coaching at Wednesday, I was down there training as a, as a cricketer, just trying to get fit in the winter. And it was the day Peter Shreves took the manager's job. I think it was from Danny Wilson. And there's a shed out the back of the training ground. We're all sat in the shed, and I've got my training kit on. Decanio's in there, Carboni. And Peter Reeves, uh, Shreves walks in and he looks down, he looks at me, he goes, fucking hell, we're not that bad, are we? <laughs> <laughs> and away we went. I used to train with the, the reserves all the time and Wadler was the coach. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, right. First two questions have been really interesting. I just love the fact you're like, that's easy. Kylie Minogue, straight, oh, yeah. straight there. And that was the Queen of Hearts. So we got Queen of Hearts and we got the Nine of Spades. Right, what's the one thing about you people would think was weird, your even number fetish? And it's time now for the stacked deck. Michael Vaughan, before we started, I drew the seven of hearts. Yep. What is the greatest gift your career has given you? Oh, good question. Um, I, I think there's many things. In our sport, the very fortunate position that we have had since, look, since I was 16 is the winters are spent abroad. Mm. You know, it's pretty much from 16 years of age I've been in. Australia, the West Indies, uh, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, uh, Sri Lanka. Visited some of the, the greatest countries in the world. And, and not just saying that, but you kind of finish. I finished when I was 35, 10 years after retirement. You kind of look back and when you're in it, you don't really accept what's happening. But you realize how lucky we are. Mm. You know, very fortunate to travel the world, make really good friendships. You know, I think you talk about winning, you talk about the 05 Ashes, you talk about you know doing things as an individual player, but it's not until you retire that you think, wait a minute, I've been fortunate enough since the age of 16 to just travel the world, watching cricket, playing cricket, now talking the game, and I look around with so many good pals mm. and think I am one lucky person. And when I hear people complain about sport and when I hear about sports people, I have a little bit of a gripe about working hard or you know maybe they're getting drained or tired, I think, come on. We really all have to take a look in the mirror and go, we are very fortunate to do what we do. We get paid to do something that started out, I, I'm pretty sure for everyone at the age of four or five, is just a hobby. Mm. And the ones that kind of last the distance generally continue in that fashion, that it is a hobby that we're very fortunate to get paid to do. And then you get on a plane, you go overseas and you see these countries. And again, cricket's very lucky that we don't tend to go to many bad places. Mm. You know, particularly with the England team, you don't go and play in, in too many. There's probably a small few that I, I wouldn't want to mention on here, but the majority of the places that we go to, it's hot, very nice hotels. Sometimes the cricket's tough, but there's beaches, there's jet skis, there's a mm. bit of celebrations now and again to go with it. Very, very fortunate to uh, do exactly what I've done for 30 years. Of all those countries, have you been able to enjoy Australia yet? Because I've, I've any stories, Ashes stories I've heard is that if we're, we don't have that, like where the Australian players could go and get a coffee and they'd be all right. But I've heard that in Australia during the Ashes, if you even just go to a coffee shop, people are shouting at you. Yeah, they do. But I think in, in, in any sport in Australia, if you play the way that they like to see sport played, doesn't matter what sport you're playing, they'll respect you. Uh, I, I'm very fortunate that every winter I, I go to Australia to work. Mm. So I've gone from playing against them, captaining against them, 
you know, them being the kind of enemy on the pitch to suddenly my work colleagues are the likes of Shane Warne, Adam Gill, Chris Brett-Lee, Michael Hussey, Alan Border, the great Alan Border from back in the 80s. So as much as, that's what I say, when you're playing a game and whatever game you're playing, you have these enemies and you hate the opposition in such a way that it kind of drives you on to perform. And then you finish and you look back and you, you end up sitting next to them and they're your work colours, those that you actually hate. You had so many team meetings you know, to try and formulate a plan of uh, being better than them. Uh, that, for me, is sport. Yeah. You know, I see it across all sports. You see it in football, you see it in rugby, that all these superstars that play the game and rugby, they smack each other. And then a few years later, they're sat on the TV panel kind of hugging each other. That is what sport's all about. Eventually, you'll become pretty good friends. Is there any one you wouldn't? Like, yeah. uh, right across the board, is there a player you'd say, actually, no, I wouldn't work in a TV studio with him? Uh, or if it did, I wouldn't want to, really? No, not really. Not really. I mean, actually, T- Tino Best in the, in, the, in the West Indies team, he was an issue. Yeah. You know, he used to, you know, and then he came to play for Yorkshire, and for whatever reason, he had a gripe. Don't know why. Mm. Boulder's plenty of beamers. Uh, don't know what his issue with, and, he, and he's kind of continued that on. Don't know why or what I've done to kind of rile him in any way, but... Maybe you were in a car with him. Yeah, maybe I had the volume and on him. forward <laughs> yeah, and started yeah. fiddling with the volume. Yeah, there's something with him. I don't know what I've done, but uh, no, the majority of people, I don't give a damn really who I work with. It's, uh, I always have this philosophy in, in life that it's, it's sport. That's what it is. Yeah. As much as we have to have hard opinion and you give the opinion that you feel is best for that given weekday, uh, commentary stint, ultimately we're all people and eventually you have a beer and you shake hands and, and you get on with life. Well, this is 52. That was the stat deck and we're sponsored by Grosvenor Casinos, the largest operator in the UK with 52 venues nationwide. And as I said, online, grosvenorcasinos.com. And we go back. Well, you don't trust me, so I'm going to shuffle again, right? You're good at shuffling. Yeah, I know. I know. We, when we used to first have poker nights in sure. Belfast, it wasn't cool. Late night poker was started on the TV and there was nowhere you could buy chips in Northern Ireland and we, had, we didn't have any casinos. So we used to go to the local bar and we used to get pound coins changed. We'd all put 20 quid in each, so we'd have 120, 140, 160, depending on who was playing, pound coins. And then you'd have to take them back if you won. Winner takes all. Happy memories. Like it. Happy memories. Can't beat a night of poker. Okay, simple question for you. Michael Vaughan, top or bottom? Uh, top. Top, okay. If you'd have went bottom, would have been, who would you like to say sorry to? But you've went top. First of all, have you made a pair so we can get that grand? No, you haven't. It's the 10 of diamonds. Oh, wow. Follows on great from what we just talked about. Who in sport do you count as your true friend? Oh. Now, that's interesting because the shared experience of 2005, mm. for example, when in the ashes, you'd imagine that that would just bond for life. But that might not be who you would view as your uh, true friend. I don't think... Uh, I mean, there's, there are uh, great friendships in that team, but you, know, you all go your separate ways. And the majority of the 05 team have kind of gone separate. You know, you look at Freddie Flintoff presenting Top Gear. He's away yeah. from cricket pretty much altogether. Andrew Strauss went into the director's role. Uh, Ashley Surprising. Jar- yeah. <laughs> Posh lad in the right <laughs> position. Uh, Ashley Giles has now got that position as well. There was Simon Jones, not seen him for years. Matthew Hoggard, he's a good pal. Uh, bit bonkers, but a, a good pal. Steve Armisen, see him now and again. Obviously, listen to him a bit on, on Talk Sport again, but I don't see a great deal of him. I think Paul Collingwood, actually, who only played one game in, in 05, and I didn't play a great deal with him. Um, I wouldn't have a clue how many games I played with him, but uh, he, he seems to have always 
stayed quite close. I, I, I'm quite attached to him because when he was a young player, I remember playing at Yorkshire and England, and he was coming through at Durham, and I picked him out. I went, he's the one. You know, we've need, we need to sign him. And we didn't sign him. He stayed at Durham because he's so loyal. And I remember getting the England captaincy in 2003 and saying to Duncan Fletcher, the coach, he's the one that I want around mm. the team because he's just got it. He's got that kind of togetherness, that spirit, uh, that kind of mechanism that I like in teams. You know, those that try and maximise, you know, he's got a lot of ability, but he wanted to maximise every ounce of ability that he had. And they're the kind of players that I like. Mm. So I didn't play a huge amount of games, but if you actually look at every... He's, he was also probably the best social chairman on tour. So he would organise all the golf, all the nights out. So when we were picking touring teams, Duncan Fletcher would always say, oh, what about... And I'd go, Collingwood is in. <laughs> He's coming on every tour with me. For the reason being, he could fill two or three slots in the team. You know, he could bat from four to six, bowled a little bit, brilliant fielder. Uh, so he kind of was the utility player in a way, but he was also very good at organising nights out. So he became quite a pivotal member of my team. So in terms of, yeah, in cricket... Yeah, true friend. I, I'd say that Collie is is a close, you know, assistant manager, uh, yeah. coach of the England team. So yeah. he's you, also good for information for me in my position now. Right, exactly. <laughs> if you were needing a bed to sleep on, then yeah. sofa tonight, Collie would give you. It. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Did that I, I'd be worried about who's on it. <laughs> yes, exactly. What about that scenario though of when you switch to captain and you've got a guy who you know is actually leading the social charge? Does the view change? Because now you've got to wear two different hats. Or actually, when you leave aside the one or two crazy moments that made papers involving yeah. pedalos and all that stuff, when you take that out, do you need to make sure the players are going out, having drink within reason, bond together? Yeah. For, the, for the opposite of what you said earlier, yes, it's great to have the son, but you're away from your family, so mm. you need an adopted family for your kind of mental health. So you need a Collingwood. Yeah. You're not asking them to stop everything. No. There's just a limit, right? I, I'm a big believer that in sport you need your downtime. You need those periods, and, and, and it's about doing that kind of stuff at the right moment. You know, Unfortunately, there's been times where it's not happened at the right moment, but the majority of the time, you know, teams get it right. You know, Coaching staff realise that the players have worked. So even, you, know, you, you get support, go, how can they go out and you know, socialise when they've just lost a game? But when you're in a test team on a test tour and you just had five days of, of the strains and pressures of, of being out in the middle under the the spotlight, everyone talking about you, and it's not quite gone right. You know, at the end of that game, you just want to do something. And, and you know, a lot of players will go and have a drink. And I used to encourage that. I used to say, you know what, that's fine for me. But by the way, in two days' time, when we're back on the training field, if you're not on it, problems. Mm. Yeah. You know, so as long as any of the players gave it everything in training and, and were switched on in the match, I didn't give a damn. I wanted social activity. I wanted that kind of togetherness. I wanted, you know, nights out, whether it was in, you know, the odd casino, whether it was at the cinema, whatever it may be, I wanted the team to stay collected. And hmm. you know, it, it, you, you look back in the in the nineties, you think, oh, maybe at times we went over the top. But I think if you spoke to football teams, if you spoke to rugby teams, they'd say, well, probably similar. But you wouldn't want to change it. I actually think I got cricket at absolutely the perfect time. I started in ninety two when it was just a little bit of that old school. It was at times a bit like a stag trip, particularly yeah. in the county game. But that was the game, four or five pints every night. That was normal. Um, I love the way English people think that's a lot of drink. Just yeah. going to say that, off you go. <laughs> <laughs> but it's when you're meant to be playing the next day and you're doing it every day. Uh, and then towards the late 90s, it, it got a little bit more professional. Training came, you know, a, a ritual rather than you know, only two or three were doing it. It became that the whole squad had to be fitter. Uh, and then early 2000, I guess ice baths, a little bit more of the rehab and 
uh, prehab came into play. And by the time I retired in 2009, it became so scientific that data was taken over. And I look at my 18 years playing, the start of it was too much old school mm-hmm. and the end of it was too new school. Mm. Somewhere in the middle was absolutely perfect, which were elements like we're talking about that you were allowed to go and have a bit of fun and there wasn't, I guess, the social media brigade and the cameras out following you everywhere and you could get away with sitting in a bar as a group without people coming over with their phones and taking selfies. So I feel sorry for sports people in that regard, but I still feel now they can get away with doing it if they really want to. Bigger houses to hide away, bigger walls. Yeah. And and I agree with you. I think the difference between a team who are viewed in the public of being sort of a bit sort of... uh, looser on that front and the ones that are seen as more more serious is just getting caught yeah like because <laughs> yeah. I, I just think it doesn't make any sense for a bunch of men or women who play together to not bond that mm. way and as long as it's not pickling yourself then it's invaluable if you're looking at the extra couple of percent when you can get in the same wavelength as somebody and also care as much about them right well i used to always say to the players remember you're a human being yeah Remember, you're exactly the same as that person that spent £50, £30, £100 for a ticket. Yeah. You're no different. You're just the lucky 11 yeah. to go out there and try and entertain. And that's the, one of the big messages I used to say. Remember, you're human. Remember, you've got to entertain. You know, because there's too many times in cricket that you know, the pressure, it's a long game. It can be boring at times. I understand that. So you have to have the mindset of realising when you go out there, you do have to have the ability to entertain. And entertaining is not just hitting sixes and hitting fours. Mm. You know, entertaining is playing your way at the right time because the crowd will be... Ent- so Paul Collin was the perfect example. You know, Collie wanted a Kevin Peterson that could go out there and smack four, six, four, six, four, six. He was the kind of player, and the crowd realised it, that would dig in, mm. fight hard, nerdle the odd one off the hit, play a cut shot, but the crowd appreciated that just as much because they knew that he was maximising his ability. So... Yeah, there's a lot of stresses and pressures put on sports people these days. And I just wonder in, in management, are there enough managers who, you know, you've got to understand that managers now are under so much more pressure than back in the day as well. You know, and yeah. coaches that I work with were always like, just go and enjoy yourself. You know, mm-hmm. enjoy it. Play with a smile on your face. And I just wonder whether they get into an era where it's harder to say that to players. I hope not. I hope coaching staff can still say that. If you look at the ones that do say play with a smile on your face, Chris Wilder at Sheffield United, weird that he's your one of my managers. Yeah. He huh? managed me as well. What do you mean? He used to manage the Bradway Football Club on a Oh Sunday my morning. goodness me. Yeah, we used to train on a Wednesday night. Yeah. Oh my goodness me. Yeah, he used to he used to pick his team in the club. Yeah, and so Chris he used to w- tell me about that. So Chris Wilder taught me how to drink. Oh my Absolutely So Bradway used to play on a Sunday morning. I'm a Wednesday night, so I used yeah. to kind of do what I did on a Saturday and on a Sunday morning, I'd always go and watch them. And then every now and again, because they were short, stand on the touchline, maybe get on. I never really got on. And I would be in and around all the United, because all the United's fans, the odd idiot, I would say, would be playing in Wilder's team and he was the manager. Yeah. And as soon as the game finished, we used to go get our kit on and we'd always meet down Exor Road and end up by probably around seven or eight o'clock at night in the cricketer's arms behind the away end at Bramall Lane Who's the landlord? Billy Whitehurst. What's Billy dressed as? Oh. Billy's dressed in his Elvis outfit, just singing. And we were around some, around some wrongans. And Wild used to kind of get me and yeah, youngin, get your lager down, you drink that, yeah, get absolutely smashed. And at about 12 o'clock at night, uh, two or three of the lads used to work down at the wholesalers. So Wilder would ring one or two and say, come pick us up, you'll drop us home. And they used to pick us up in, in their wagons yeah. full of fruit and veg. And they'd drop me off in my mum and dad's house and as they dropped me off we're all sat in the back of this wagon 
drop off, the back doors would open, I'd get out, stumble into, and they'd just lob apples and potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> and my mum would wake up on Monday morning and go, what the bloody hell, all the apples and all sorts on, the, on the driveway. Yeah, so... Yeah, Chris, he, he, I'm amazed he hasn't mentioned it in his Premier League uh, conferences, yeah. but he, he actually introduced me into drinking. So so how do you balance that out? I'm trying to think if one of, someone I went all the way back to my teens with was managing Man United, would I want him to do a bit better? Yeah, I probably would, you know, yeah, as a Liverpool fan. And, and that must be weird for you because the Wednesday United, oh, it, look, there's a lot of families that are split, but maybe not as many, nah, not maybe him. not as many in Sheffield. There's big areas. Yeah. and would, So do you want him to do all right? Yeah. Uh, and I reckon if you if you speak to a lot of Wednesday fans, I'm going to get shot for this. Um, they'd be the same because they can see him as a Sheffield kid. Right. You know, he gets on the bus, goes right. to training, he runs to the ground, he's got that bike that people see him cycling just down the lanes from forward, down the road, to the training ground. He's still Chris Wilder that managed Bradway. Yeah. And actually the spirit that he created at Bradway, I did an interview with him for the Telegraph and I said, that spirit you created at Bradway, I said, you've got it here, he says, I've tried to get it everywhere I've gone, yeah. whether it was at Northampton, back at Halifax when I was managing there, to Sheffield United now. I, I, he really believes in people. Yeah. And he believes in having normal people who are desperate, who have got a point to prove. And that's exactly what he's achieving at Sheffield United. Clearly, they've got a lot of talent as well, but mm. he likes that desperation in a player. And he used to just drive it. On a Wednesday night, he used to, when he was at Bradford, and he'd come, you know, train at Bradford, and then he'd get to Sheffield, and I think training used to start at six, six to late at Aberdale Park. That's where I played cricket, Aberdale Park, on yeah. the AstroTurf there, and we'd play two hours of non-stop, eight aside, nine aside, and it was full on. And he was hammering everyone. And then on a Sunday when he's back, he's properly into them all. And it was all about effort, and if you weren't putting a shift in, off. Gone. Yeah, he just lobbed Hasn't you off. changed it. Yeah, and exactly the same at United. Now you're just watching, you see the way that they play, and if he's not got his players putting a shift in, he goes right off. And yeah, next man. And yeah, that the science of how he plays and the mm. tactics of how he plays, which are very modern indeed. And you put those two things together, and boom, that's how it well, works. But I don't think there's anyone in Sheffield that are looking. I mean, the, the, the diehard blues who just can't see through the, the lenses. But mm. I think the whole of Sheffield's actually looking at someone, going proud of him. Correct. And that's what you want to emulate. That's what you want to find. What you can't accuse now? me of cheating for the last. Card. All right. I'm well. hoping it's going to be a nine, a queen, a seven, or a ten. It's literally cut the deck. So therefore, you can't say it's a fix. But are we going to get our pair? What did you get? This is quite ironic. This question. <laughs> what is the suit? Uh, it's the king of uh, spades. Oh, and the she? question is: the world ends tomorrow. Oh my goodness! <laughs> what do we do today? <laughs> right. So the world's ending tomorrow. Me and you, right here. What do we you don't have to be with me. You can leave me. I'm assuming the first thing you'd do would be leave me. Yeah. The I, world ends I tomorrow. I can't see the family. He goes. I Anyone would. know where Kylie lives? Yeah. I'd, I wouldn't mind half an hour with Kylie. Just to uh, say how much you love her music. Yeah, yeah, correct. Um, what do you do in your last day? Seriously, what do you do? Do you have an absolute, like, I am going to do everything illegal I can do? Or do you go, actually, I just want to be in my living room with no. the TV on 14, 16, 18 or 20? So is this a whole day, what I can do in a whole day? or I don't know. I didn't put so, that much thought so into I, I, it. It can be whatever you want. Well, I'd have a game of golf with Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods isn't going to want to do that in his no, last day. No, but he is. How, I, I Listen, this is the most mate. arrogant comment I've ever heard. No, I wouldn't. Oh, I, do you know what? I, I Michael Vaughan, will yeah. treat Tiger Woods in his last day to round the golf with yeah. me. Could you imagine if that was Tiger Woods' last well, day he's, on earth? He's, he's, he's having a stinker, but he's doing it. He's coming for a game of golf with right. me. Golf and then with Tiger the, Woods. Then just getting the family around, and yeah. we're inviting George Best. Because my, my okay. wife's from Northern Ireland. Oh, of course. Yeah, and she, she, she loves... George Best. How do you get to fix the TV at any level when your wife's from Northern <laughs> Very Ireland? Very true. And, and she would 
as much appreciate spending a few last hours with me, probably not, but she would love to spend a few hours with Georgie Best. So was she Belfast? Yeah, she was Omar. Oh, she was Omar. Right. Yeah. Don't matter where you are from Northern Ireland when it comes to it comes to <laughs> yeah. George Best. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Right, so four hours for the round of golf, maybe an hour in the ninth in the nineteenth hole. With Tiger, just asking a few questions. Okay, yeah. well, and then you can, go, you can go home then. Yeah. So that leaves you nineteen hours, family. Yeah. yeah, bit of family time. Not all that nineteen hours, let's be no. honest. Carly's coming around for a bit. Right, yeah, okay. So maybe maybe I can nip hours. after golf, Tiger, Kylie for a Oh, 20 minutes about? 15 <laughs> not even that uh, see you Kylie back home family time and then Georgie arrives and we'll have a massive dinner yeah, yeah. At least. and just reminisce right that's tell it. us everything Georgie yeah. just tell us about everyone yeah wonderful every Miss World wonderful yeah. uh, right your last day George Best family and golf with Tiger Woods I absolutely love that which brings us to this moment we've drawn your five card hand and it leaves just one question and that's the wild card right. anything that I want to ask oh here we go it's not a question per se. It's more of an observation that you can either correct, and I'm happy with that, or you can maybe offer me a little bit of insight into. I obviously have to read about all sports every day and, and try and keep across just about everything that's happening. And some of them I like reading about more than others. I'm not the biggest cricket fan in the world, for example. But the one thing that's always struck me is the barbarity of cricket punditry. Ex-players ripping current players apart you've had it done to you and you've done it so is it because you're so closely knit and it's you know five or six key venues and everyone knows everyone's grandfather and everyone's come oh yeah i've been in the nets with him is it familiarity that does it or is it literally just the most cutthroat punditry because your teams were battered you Mm. were battered did Jeffrey Boycott say that you, your eyesight had gone? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, so those things must really hit. Yeah. Johnny Burstow and you have had a wee go, yeah. haven't you? Boyk was right, by the way. Was it? <laughs> Fundamentally, you kind of look at punditry, and, and when you're in it, you, you hate it. But then you step back. And I was, for that initial period of being told, or you read something, you go, how dare they? And then you kind of get a bit older and wiser, and then you step back, and you can go, yeah, they're actually right. I should use that as a motivation. Mm. And that's what we try and do. I mean, obviously, me and Johnny had a bit of a set too in the summer. Um, you know, I was in my right to criticise the England team because they produced a poor performance against Sri Lanka in the World Cup and then they lost to Australia. This is the best one-day team I've seen in my time. Favourites to win the World Cup, they lose two on the trot, they're going out the World Cup. Mm. And for a group that spent four years in the ECB, had spent four years preparing for this team to have the moment in England the best opportunity, the central contracts had changed. Andrew Strauss, the director of cricket, had appointed Trevor Bayliss to win this World Cup, and they weren't reacting. And then what happened? They reacted. And on the back of criticism, maybe that sparked some players. You listen to someone like Alex Ferguson on how he used to manage Wayne Rooney. What did he do? Every half-time, wind him up, because he knew he'd react. Johnny Bairstow is that kind of cricketer that he needs prodding. Stuart Broad is that kind of cricketer that they need prodding. He went out and smashed the team he was playing in the 200s next game. 200s on the trot. Yeah. You know, pretty much won England the World Cup. Everyone talks Joffre Archer. Bowled great in that World Cup final. It was a great revelation. Bowled the Super over. Owen Morgan's captaincy. But it was that opening combination of Johnny Bairstow and Jason Roy that had the bit between the teeth. Got mm. angry. Got nasty. Started to play more aggressive. The, the aggressive kind of nation that I'd seen play for four years. And they weren't there for those two games against Sri Lanka and Australia. And all of a sudden, how many the Aussies in the semi? Don't know how they won that final, but they did. They lost it about 10 times, yeah. but it's irrelevant. They won it. What a day. Uh, brilliant for the game. But, you know, I think when you've been a captain, 
I think it's easier to go into the punditry world because everything that I say on air, I'd say in the dressing room anyway. You know, so if the team have not shown the right style of mentality, that winds me up mm. because, you know, I do think England have got a huge amount of talent. I think they've got pretty much everything covered. Especially when you take them from any country you want. You know? Yeah, well, that's, yeah. That, that's where we're very clever. Our academies <laughs> have been uh, spread globally uh, for many, many years. I mean, the, the Barbados Academy worked wonderfully well for Joffre and yeah. Kevin Peterson from South Africa, one yeah. of many names. Owen Morgan. But, Do you want to keep going? Or yeah, just, yeah, yeah let's, okay. n- let's just stop that there. Um, but I just think when the England team don't play because of their mentality, that disappoints me. Yeah. And when they looked a little bit fearful, and they did in the World Cup, and then all of a sudden, I believe they had a meeting, and they arrived at Edgebaston to play the Indians, and then went to Durham to play New Zealand, battered them, and the rest is history. So I think in terms of pundits, yeah, I, I would say all sports now, I think, have pundits that have to say it. You know, they have to say but what do you, they believe. Do you believe. agree with my, yeah. my point that it does seem at least aesthetically more vicious all, with cricket? No, I think all punditry now. I mean, you look at football. No, players protect their team. No. Yeah, they do. I'm sorry. That's why I work in. To get a guy to slate his former team is almost impossible. Roy Keane steps out and Gary Neville a little bit. I don't think I've heard Jimmy Carragher criticise Liverpool too much. They step out a little bit, but not really. Like, if you, honestly, I've sat there before the game and so many puns have said to me, well, I've got an edge what to say there because I'm doing a little bit of this for oh, them. Right. I'm doing, you know. Yeah, that doesn't happen in cricket. But no. it, <laughs> well, it doesn't because you're working for your, I guess, whether it's the BBC, whether it's Sky, whether it's BT, whether it's Fox in, in Australia, that's who you're working for, you know. You're not working for the ECB. You're not working for the England team anymore. And actually, far, a lot of the cricket players respect honesty. You know, as long as you don't go over the top, as long as it doesn't get too personal, if it is that you're just questioning a technique or a mindset and you're trying to improve their technique by saying X or Y, I think that's absolutely fine. And I think cricket has always been that way. Jeffrey Boycott, as much as he is to the bone, he's very rarely wrong. Yeah. When you dissect what he says, mm. you kind of think, wait a minute, he might have had a cherry on the top of that. But if you dissect down and get into the nitty gritty of what he's trying to say, Jeffrey Boycott's pretty much always right. I hate to say that, but he is. Michael Vaughan, I really enjoyed that. I think the art of a good podcast, for me, is when it doesn't go to the obvious story. We didn't talk about Edgbaston during the 2005 Ashes, even though many people think the greatest sporting event of that decade, because I think we know everything. We barely went out in the pedal, though it was mentioned in passing. <laughs> Kevin Peterson didn't take over. We didn't just look at 2002 when you couldn't miss. And I hope you enjoyed it. I really yeah, did. fantastic. Thank you very much. This has been can 50... You get, can you what? get me, Kylie? Interrupting my final line with Kylie Minogue. Can you get me, Kylie? Can you get me, Kylie? I don't know whether that's going to make the edit. We'll find out. This has been Colin Murray's 52, sponsored by Grosvenor Casinos. You can subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Do tell your friends about it as well. Michael Vaughan and I are off for, and I quote, four or five pints, no more bets. This podcast has been a Cop C production and Grosvenor Casinos is for over 18s only. Photographic ID may be required and please gamble responsibly.